A podcast network. The Dude Abides on Radio 8-Ball. Jeff Dowd, a.k.a. The Dude, with Andres Jones here on Radio 8-Ball, coming your way all the way, all the time. If you put a Mormon and a meth head on Radio 8-Ball, this is what that show would sound like. So we got the Mormon and the meth Head on Radio 8 Ball. Hope this is a show my ex wife likes. <laughs> She's a Mormon. She was a Mormon. Oh, really? Yes. So anyway, welcome to <laughs> Radio 8 Ball, a very special, strange experiment in Radio 8 Ball and pop oracling. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards, and usually we feature a musical guest, but this time we're featuring a bunch of podcast fellow podcasters as the guests, and I will be providing the oracle fodder as your humble musical servant performing songs, almost entirely all songs that are written that were written and performed by artists who have been on Radio 8 Ball in one sense or another. And I will actually, why don't I just introduce those songs? I'll be introducing our guests in just a minute, and uh, we'll be getting into the musical divinations. But our oracle fodder are these songs. Song number one, You Could Have Been an A by Colleen Green. Song number two, Airwaves by Bart Davenport. Song number three, Gimme Resurrection by Anya Marina. Song number four, Are We Breaking Up Tonight by Peter David Connolly. Song number five, Whatever by Vivian Cook. Song number six, Time by Josh Claytonfelt. Song number seven, Some Jingle Jangle Morning by Mary Lou Lord. And song number eight, my own composition, a little song called All You Get. And those will be the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. And like I said, today we're featuring... Visits from some of the hosts of some of my favorite podcasts. Some of them Starburns podcasts, not all of them. But we're starting off with the Starburns podcast. We're going to be featuring, at the end of the show, we're going to be uh, joined by the folks from Profiles and Eccentricity. That's going to get wild and woolly and strange. And before that, we're going to have the return of Anna and Shireen from Ethnically Ambiguous, a wonderful podcast. We love them very much. And now... And now they've been sitting here patiently watching as I do my preamble. Don't look them in the eyes because, you know, if you look them in the eyes, you totally lose your, you know, lose your mojo. But now I'm now I'm turning my attention to these two wonderful people, the host of a podcast called Mormon and the Meth Head. Mormon and the Meth Head. And you know what? I'm going to let them introduce each other because their uh, their interactions on the on Mormon and the Meth Head is what makes it so wonderful. Hello, Mormon and Meth Head. Which one of you wants to introduce the other first? Uh... Okay, go, J. Here's Aaron Woodall. He's the Mormon. Aaron Woodall is the Mormon. Hi, that's me. This is uh, <laughs> Jessa Reed. She's a dumbass bitch. She loves it when I call her that. She loves it. So, anyway, this You are. I almost blew that, by the way. I almost was like, uh, my name is Jessa Reed, and he's a Mormon. I had to, like, concentrate so hard. So, uh, the 
switcheroo was very tricky. Now Drink you more coffee. <laughs> you are Mormon and method, but you are also comedians. Yes, this is what you do. You're, that's how you met. You that's met yeah. in a whole different kind of church. Yes, mm-hmm. the Church of Comedy. Church of Comedy. The Church of Comedy. Uh, that's my one true God is uh, <laughs> stand-up comedy. You can trust uh, it. You can trust a laugh. That's, yes, that's the best. It's like a synchronicity. You yeah. can you cannot it cannot be pre-programmed. It can't you can't like, force you can, someone you to do it. You can fake a laugh. Like people, you can make yourself laugh, but like, oh, you can tell. There's also you know how you ever uh, tried to stop laughing and weren't yeah. able to. Yeah. Like you know that this is the wrong time. And you need to <laughs> stifle this. And you need to bury it, and you just can't. Yeah. There's something so true about a laugh, and that that's what that's what feels good. That's what feels validating when you're on stage and you are making strangers laugh. Uh, you're like, you know that you're funny because you're like, they, they can't lie about this. You know, like it feels feels very, very good. Yes. I love it. And you also spend, you have spent uh, a fair amount of the last, you didn't know it, but you spent a fair of the last few weeks making me cry, which you can also trust. You can also cr- trust uh, the tears of of just, uh, oh made my you God. you cry the most, Anderson? Uh, actually, when they pronounce my mispronounce my name is oh. Andras. No, it's okay. <laughs> sorry, man. No, uh, so I I also I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't raised Mormon, but I married a Mormon woman, and we were married for a long time, and she left me in a similar way. We didn't have kids, but it was sort of like I I was totally unaware, and it came out of the blue, and I had all, like so listening to you go through your process of so th- th- we should talk a little bit so. Mormon and the Meth Head, you both are telling the stories of basically your wild times with that particular drug or cult, mm-hmm. or or both, right? Yeah. And we were uh, both stuck in uh, different, very different addictions that were kind of fueled by our um, feelings of of worthlessness and doubt and stuff. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, sh- I I used religion and she used meth and then we stepped outside of those things and just tried to fix ourselves on our own and uh the podcast is really trying to chronicle uh, a journey of two people uh trying to become better versions of themselves and it's uh funny and honest and sad and uh, everything all of that comes across and i guess one of the you might consider it the, one of the humorous conceits of the show is that the Mormon is the is sort of the acolyte to the meth head. The meth head plays the role. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm calling you by your monikers. Is that okay, Aaron and Jess? Yeah. You, you, sure, I, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, I should also say that I just give a shout out to my friend Chris Kirk, who turned me on to the two of you even before you were a fellow star. I would Starburns. also like to give a shout oh, out. To yeah, Chris Kirk, uh, thank you so much. I use that speaker every day, and, uh, <laughs> and I use the blanket. He uses the blanket. He also gave to Jess. He didn't give me any presents. <laughs> he gave two presents to Jess, but I took one, and I thank him for I'm it. I'm sure he's happy that you were that you did that you took care of yourself. He's a, he's a big believer. In yeah. That. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, so yeah, so. Uh, so the 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 conceit. I mean, and it's it's one of the reasons that I this one of the things I'm excited to to hang out with you and talk with you about is because one of I think one of the things that is at the heart of what I love about your show, other than the wild stories about the fucked up shit you got into as a Mormon and the fucked up shit you got into as a meth head, but just the quest for enlightenment and, yeah. and the and the just the the thirst for knowledge. I mean, for the things that 
that, I mean, drugs promise an easy enlightenment and religions prom- religion promises an easy enlightenment. And you are both sort of take, have left those things, those, the, the safety or the lack of safety of those confines to go out searching. And I think the, the great, uh, the wonderful contradiction for me and maybe for all of your listeners is that I think a lot of us are going through that, but the fact that two, you two have found each other. Like, if it's just one of you telling your story, it's, not as it's good. pretty, yeah, it's like you'd need a, a, neat, a neat conceit, like asking questions and picking songs at random <laughs> is the answer to keep yeah. it interesting. Because <laughs> one, you know, but the two of you together and the way that you got help each other and the way that you, I don't know, just like... Uh, are each other's teachers is really wonderful. And uh, I guess I'm still, like your last episode, the end of your first season, really kind of choked me up because I was like, oh, it's so wonderful the way you found your your peace in that situation with your ex. And I won't give it, you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> he doesn't kill himself or anyone else. He's, he, he gets better. <laughs> That's probably a really helpful spoiler for some people. <laughs> like, oh, no, what's going to happen yeah. to this guy? I encourage listeners to check out Mormon and the Meth Head. Listen to the whole podcast or like I actually you told me to listen to the whole thing but there's so many of them I basically listened to like the first 10 and I've listened to like the last 7 or 8 that's a good that's, uh, yeah. that's a good starter so, pack yeah. yeah I wanted to like get a sense of where you are but I wanted to be up to speed on where you are at least in the in the podcast yeah so mm-hmm. forgive me if this is something that you haven't talked about before but I love you sort of build your shows around different concepts yeah and there's a uh, there's a word that I don't think that is is sort of like a third rail kind of word that uh, whenever you use it, it's like it's either not enough or too much or people roll their eyes. You can't. It's a word that doesn't really communicate what it's can never communicate what it's meant to communicate. And the word is genius. Um, And I feel like both of you and what you're doing is striving towards a and then people don't want to use the word because you don't want to describe yourself as that. But I also feel like unless you're working on something that you feel like is a work of genius, even if it's just your own enlightenment, what's the point? Like, right. You got to like swing big, even if you don't like it's not like saying, hey, I am a genius or this is. But inside, you know, the reason you stay up till whatever in the morning or do that extra work, because on some level, you kind of think it might be. Or and that's what I that's kind of, that's the that's what I wanted to open up with you with the two of you because I hear uh, you know you're both artists you're both stri- doing your art you're both striving for enlightenment what you're doing with your podcast is kind of a big swing thing um, and I just kind of wanted to hear the two of you riff a little bit on the idea of well, let me say one more thing about it so when I, I'll tell you my idea so I don't want to just okay. go in the so my idea is that. Uh, Basically, we're all, like, I feel like Radio 8 Ball, like the thing I work on that I spent 20 years working on, and it good, there's a what, that in my mind, it checks off the lot, a lot of the boxes of what I think is a, a genius kind of work. I feel like a faulty vessel or a faulty servant to that a lot of the time. Like, if I would, like, a lot of things you think about when you think of genius, think of someone who, some, some, not even someone or something that is so obvious to us, but is not obvious to the people in its time. Which is, again, every person walking around on the planet right. is totally obvious, obviously a genius work of art to themselves that is a mystery to the world. So that's why I feel like it's a word that is like you, it's almost if you say it to, about yourself or someone else, it's too much. But if you don't say it, it's not enough. 
for the intensity and the intention that we bring to whatever our work is. And so that, and I, and I, Particularly, I feel like a lot of the ways, uh, well, I just think a lot of ways, the both of you, you're, you're out there saying things that in your community, I've heard you get in trouble with people, people, you push people's buttons sometimes, you say stuff that sounds crazy as, you know, crazy balls to someone who's closed-minded and think you and judges things that way. But to me, that's just the way a genius talks, right? Is like, oh, I see something very clearly. And I will be patient with you, but I'm not going to change it because you don't understand it. So. Yeah. Um, there, There is uh, the combination of Aaron and I, I like because uh, he's much more down to earth than I am, much more grounded than I am, but so open-minded for someone who is grounded and cautious and down to earth like uh, typically people with those qualities are very rigid and closed-minded and so there's kind of this like magic where he is able to explore ideas that he hasn't explored before he's always looking for ways to grow and and change as a person uh but he still has this very comforting skeptical grounded like like skeptical in a healthy way to me like when i hear skeptical a lot of times i think that's just people are like uh describing themselves as skeptical but you're actually just closed-minded like you're actually not open to new information uh where aaron really just uh honestly processes every new piece of information as if it could be true and then um it's uh, a lot of the stuff that I say is just kind of nuts. You know what I mean? It's just kind of nuts. But if I'm I presented not. it to, yeah, um, it depends on who right. you're talking <laughs> yeah. to, right? But like, I'm also open-minded to uh, ideas that I am, you know, like, like what I perceive to be magic, someone else would perceive to be, I just have done too many drugs. And like, I'm open to both of those being true. And, um, but there's just, I never, I don't meet very many truly open-minded people. So what would be an example of one of the things that you, you probably probably make a list, but what was, is like one thing that you feel like, this seems so obvious to me, but everyone thinks, most people, I had to be careful who I say it to because a lot of people are going to think it's nuts. I think the biggest thing to me that that seems so obvious to me, but that other people struggle with, is that that there aren't really facts, and that uh, reality is honestly just perception based, and that um, uh, as this big move away from religion happens, that doesn't like religion is still real for the people that are experiencing religion, because if they perceive it to be real. Uh, just because you can't quantify it in a lab doesn't change the fact that the people experiencing it are real. Therefore, it is real to them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that just seems so obvious. And I can go in a circular, yeah, but conversation with people. But it doesn't. Just like if you believe that you have a bad relationship with a coworker, then every every interaction you have with that person, because you think that person doesn't like you, you're going to see it through the lens of the fact that you two have a bad relationship. You're going to live out that reality. And then one day you might have an experience where you realize that they liked you the whole time, but they're socially anxious or that it was a misunderstanding. And then you'll have a paradigm shift and realize all these things. But while you were in it, that was real. 
that right. was the reality you were living in. I, I, I see my my take on sort of being a skeptic is being is is about being open to everything, and it's the idea that truths can be in non truth equally true truths can be in total non agreement. Right. So, and even within that idea. What's it's also if you also believe that that's not true, then that's also not true. Right. Right. So yeah. it's a it's a complete it is a closed loop logically. And I would put that in this in the sort of uh, category of it's an effective strategy. It's a philosophy that supports an effective strategy because that's an effective that's the most effective way to approach reality. Yeah. Like it's my response. I, you know, I'm. These are sort of easy because I've listened to you talk enough that I know that we're in agreement on the on some of that's one of the things that I think people I would thought you might say that that the idea that you're totally responsible for everything in your life and that there is no you know there is no I've heard you talk about this on the show that there's no uh, no one who can do anything to you that shouldn't have been done that there is no you are not there's no being a victim which yeah. at the same time that's one of those things that I think of those that. That's a totally that's a that's a valid idea, and at the same time, sometimes people need to feel like a victim, which is also included in that idea. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is a it, if sometimes you take a I need to feel bite. like a victim is really what I should say, not somebody else. Sometimes I need to feel like a victim. Yeah, and sometimes it's a more effective strategy for me to feel like, hey, I'm totally responsible for everything in my life, and even the shit that happened to me, bring it, you know. I'm glad, right? Yeah, so I, I think there I have to separate the macrocosmic from the microcosmic. Right. So from the macrocosmic, I believe that everything that has ever happened to me, like I chose to experience it. And that from a macrocosmic view, there is no good, bad, right or wrong. It just is. It's all just experience. We came here to experience it all. The microcosmic version of me still has to process trauma, still has to deal with uh, with with times I've been hurt and people who have hurt me, but the process always ends in forgiveness of self, forgiveness in those that hurt me, and ultimately uh, I come back to the baseline of nothing has ever happened in my life that I didn't choose to experience. And we should also say, if you listen to the show, you will hear that that is not someone who's saying that some middling, like some minor traumas. If you listen to Jess's story... There's some really there's a lot of stuff that other people might qualify as being victimized, and that's why it's, it's I think that it's a it's like a very like I said it's a philosophy for a very effective strategy for anyone I think, but I think it's more it's always more impressive to see someone who is able to apply that to stuff that you think you might like if I see someone be able to forgive something that I couldn't forgive it suggest that maybe I should expand my capacity for forgiveness, right? Yeah. And that, so, and again, I said, you know what, I feel like we kind of, we, this is sort of naturally turning into this first segment really being yours. So why don't we get to your question for the Pop Oracle? Are you are you prepared for that? Um, I, I Like, the, the kind of things I've been thinking about are less about myself, and kind of more about society, and I didn't know if that was something. That's it's whatever you feel the most where your inspiration is. So act totally ask about. I'm sure whatever you ask about is going to have something universal, like a universal nugget we can all relate yeah. to. Um, well, I have been. Um, I believe that we are like collectively leveling up to uh, a higher. Um, 
dimensional consciousness without getting uh, too far, too fast. Go all the way there. And um, <laughs> although the last couple of years have really felt very traumatic for everyone, for me, they kind of felt like a death. Is it death knell? Is that the thing I'm looking for? Yeah. Just like, just like a final, I believe we are like evolving out of a fear-based reality and into more of a self-aware uh, reality. And the... Um, the current presidency and the current uh, state of things and the division and everything else has really just felt like uh, the final screams of an old world trying to assert itself. And I really feel like we are uh, in the threshold anyway. And I guess my question is, um, am I right? Is that too specific? No, all right, so are you right that we are up leveling and we are now experiencing the sort of death, the death throes of the la- the old? I feel like paradigm. we are stepping out of the death throes. Um, I think the last two years really felt like a lot of trauma uh, on an individual level and on a collective level boiling to the top, and um, I feel like the next phase well i would like to know what the uh next phase is okay that's i have a a suspicion but what's um, the next phase for humanity i think that we um step into a lot more power like if if i if i had to but are you now answering the question or are you asking that no that's the question that's my (laughs) guess but that's uh uh, my question, yeah. So the question is, is what, what's next? Yes. Okay, okay. So now, to engage the Pop Oracle, you get to spin. I get to spin. The Wheel of Eight. Na, 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 na. Wheel of I was a very weak spin. What is it? Four. Four. Song number four, which is... Ooh. Are we breaking up tonight <gasps> from Peter David Connolly? open door it isn't home to me anymore you got a look that needs explaining I'm shaking and I'm sure it shows but it's only cause I gotta know are you through with me now baby are we breaking up tonight are you really gonna end my life tonight? As I howl in pain, you say, darling, it's alright. Are you gonna leave me in defeat to take a loser's walk down lonely street to the city dock where the broken hearted meet? I don't think they ever eat. Thought that we could have a beer And stay together for another year But you don't seem to feel like waiting There's nothing new to do or say But I'll do anything to make you stay Even hyperventilating And love is a road of faith 
How it can tear you up in anger She's watching my decline From the position of a stranger Remember when I used to call Now we don't even talk at all Are we breaking up tonight? Are you really gonna end my life tonight? As you calmly say, would you kindly leave my side? Don't even try to take my hand and say, baby doll, I understand. Sometimes love just lives to be set free. And I think we're history. Yeah, I think we're history. And that was Are We Breaking Up Tonight from Peter David Connolly. Thank you. Thank you. I I almost murdered it, but managed to survive. That song, when I was learning it, I was totally thinking about your story, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, well, just like... The nothing new to do or say, but I'll do anything to make you stay, even hyperventilating. You know, uh, was that the line? Uh, I'll get to it in a second. Uh, we'll get to your, to your, but I just, when I was thinking of these songs, I was thinking, oh, how they connected to the different people. So that line of, uh, uh, I thought that we could have a beer and stay together for an e- another year, but she doesn't seem to feel like waiting. Yeah. Also reminded me of some of the stuff from your story, which also was huh, so resonant for me but we'll get to that in the next segment stick around folks it really feels like she got my song oh no 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 (laughs) well that's but isn't that perfect this is i mean well i had some ideas but what did uh well let me just tell you one thing about the artist so they usually have the artist talk about the song but i'll talk about peter david Connolly is an olympia artist he's in a band called the mona reels i met him when he was just a like a teenager and i was in my late 20s or early 30s and putting on shows in olympia and someone said you got to check out this kid and he just writes some of the most amazing songs and he's toured as a drummer for a lot of olympia punk bands in a band i forget which one but one with toby vale from uh, bikini kill and very very cool guy and um this song what should i say about him playing oh i guess that's all i can tell you this is you know, just a very crafty song, and I guess that's the the story behind it for me is that it resonated with your story. What do you it think about that? It was the song that I hoped uh, yeah. was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, of and, course, because um, everything is, happens to you because you wanted it to. Yes, <laughs> right? and it is. So the, the, the premise of this podcast is very interesting because this is how I lived my entire life. I um, Synchronicity. Synchronicity I um, is probably my... Uh, gift. I'm very oracle-ish in my day-to-day life. So I am, whatever I am meditating on and thinking about and trying to figure out and trying to hack in life, I am open and listening at all times for songs, numbers, uh, headlines on newspapers, any piece of information that I take in, any show I'm watching, like my brain is looking for the messages in it. I assume that the messages are going to be relevant. And whatever the premise of whatever current trip I'm on, uh, reality feeds synchronicities into that premise. Yeah. So the question that I was basically asking is, are we breaking up yeah. with the uh, fear-based reality? This last year has really uh, 
uh, last two years, but the first year was just kind of everyone just swimming in that trauma. And the last year has just been uh, all the trauma in the out in the outside world, uh, forcing people. It's just like bringing it up to the surface. And as you conquer these things, as these these demons from your past and these things that you're afraid of come up, and you get the opportunity to say, you know what, you don't have. Uh, you don't get to live here rent-free anymore. You don't get to live in my head anymore. I'm forgiving this. I'm letting go of this. I'm releasing this. Is really just kind of releases us from this fear-based uh, reality that holds us back and stops us from getting the things we want and going after the things we want and living a life where you know that you are the one creating the life you live in because so long as you are uh, subjugated to fear, and insecurity and doubt and self-hate and, and all of these things. You you don't get to enjoy the life that you are creating. And so this just sounded, a lot of this stuff is like realizing that your ego isn't you and uh, loving your ego and saying you get to be here, but you don't get to be in charge anymore. And for a lot of people that manifests as ego being like, you're worthless though, you're horrible. What are you gonna be without me? If you don't have me, you have nothing. Who's gonna tell you how stupid you are? And so a lot of, uh, for me, that song sounded like a just a, a breakup song from the fear-based reality, which was the question that I had. Because yeah. I feel like we really, uh, and even the threshold imagery that I yeah, said- walking through your open door. In that song, yeah. yeah. So that was- the one I hope when you read the things, I was like, I really hope it's the breakup song because I feel like that's where we're at. We're in that threshold right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what, what did you think, Aaron? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you I, said you felt like it was your answer, which is kind of what happens with synchronicities. Like someone asks the question, like everyone always gets their the answer to their question right, throughout right, everything. Right. So how did you feel like that answered was the answer to your question. Well, I'd, I was... Uh, you don't have to tell us what your question is yet, but... Well, I thought of it. I processed this. I heard the song a little bit more literally than, than Jessa did. Because uh, it's, like, pulled right out of the story that you tell yeah. of your relationship. Uh, yeah. And, like, uh, uh, so I was uh, just kind of uh, scared of breakup. Shell-shocked. You know, scared, <laughs> like, it's yeah. a triggering word. But uh, I've also... It's it's still really good. Uh, even just a fear of a little literal breakup is a, a good analogy for uh, what Jess is talking about. Where like I uh, I have felt my own ego in the last couple months uh, be uh, desperate to try to keep me in my old life and uh, keep me stagnant, keep me there because it's. Uh, you know, I felt so much anxiety and stuff over over a couple few things, and the, and and then I analyzed that anxiety more and realized that it wasn't mine; it was my ego's. My ego uh, doesn't want me to make certain changes because then he won't be as important anymore, and he's uh, doesn't want to be annihilated, and and uh, you know he he wants to hold on to his own existence, and so uh, yeah, it's interesting to think about. Uh, compare the way that I begged and begged uh, my ex to stay with me and how uh, I just freaked out and uh, see the parallels between that and how our egos can uh, react when they think that they are threatened. Yeah, and I guess, Tim, the only thing that I would add in the interpretation 
is that the song, that's what I love about Peter, the songwriter, he both is captures the urgency and the desperation of that moment, but also there's something about that sort of mock, like the fact that he's writing it and the way he writes it, it's almost like he's mocking the ludicrousness of it. Like he's definitely, it's funny, the songwriter in this, even though he's definitely in his pain, is yeah. definitely more in agreement with the woman who's leaving him than he yeah. is with himself. Yeah. Which I think is... A it co- is a great breakup song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I also uh, really do, but... So, but I think there's something in that of like, the song is capturing the sense of urgency and being aware and the awareness of it. And maybe I think that's, and if we talk about what's going on, like, are we breaking up tonight? The song is, yeah. is are we breaking up tonight? So what's happening tonight that is going to happen that, because in this realm of what you're talking about, about synchronicity and consciousness shifting, that's something that happens, like, that only happens in the moment, right? So right. the song is saying, and it, what happens tonight might feel like, a national emergency, yeah, <laughs> or a fake national emergency, but uh, but it's also something that you can that you can also the artist in you, the genius in you, can sort of sit back and laugh at and be like, oh look at look at me stressing out about whatever the thing that happens tonight that's going to stress us out. Yeah, yeah. I also like that it's all from it's all in his head. Um, yeah, that uh, and you know maybe he's totally right, but uh, we also don't know. Like he could just be playing a movie in his head that's uh that's fear based that's freaking out you know uh and is just certain it's going it's about something bad is about to happen and uh it's uh it's not it's not the end yet you don't know well, and speaking of which it's not the end yet of this, <laughs> and something bad is about to happen in the next segment when we <laughs> get your question for the pop oracle, <laughs> so stick around until tomorrow for more radio week. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Down lonely street to the
the city dock where the broken hearted meet I don't think they ever eat I thought that we could have a beer and stay together for another year but you don't seem to feel like waiting nothing new to do or say but I'll do everything to make you stay even hyperventilating and love is a road of faith how it can tear you up in anger she's watching my decline from the position of a stranger remember when I used to call now we don't even talk at all are we breaking up tonight are you really gonna end my life tonight as you calmly say would you kindly leave my side don't even try to take my hand and say baby doll I understand sometimes love just lives to be set free and I think we're history I think we're history It's a good show!